Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, good morning, virtual family. Uh, It is good to be gathered with the people of God uh, today. Thank God for another day that he has given us. The the way the Bible says it is morning by morning, new mercies I see. This morning we got new mercy and I'm so grateful for it. Welcome to our first time streamers. I I was in the chat room just a little bit and saw that there are some people that this is the first time you're you're hanging out with us virtually and uh, we just want to shout out to you. We are grateful that you are here. You certainly could be logged into anyone else's live stream and uh, praise God for the ability to be able to get the gospel in so many different ways. But we're grateful that you're hanging out with us for just a little bit, um, a little bit about our church. We are a church that believes we exist to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. Uh, It's such a joy to be on mission. Uh, Even though we're quarantined, that mission has not changed. We are about the city because the city is made up of people, people that God created, people that God uh, loves. Uh, Something else about our church, we love the word of God, so let's do it. Y'all know what I'm up here for. I got my Bible. Uh, I don't know where y'all are at. I don't know what device you are uh, going to to get the word of God on. Uh, Or if you have a physical copy, do me a favor, grab your Bibles, go to the Old Testament, We're going to be in the book of Jonah today, the book of Jonah, a pretty familiar story, yet I think there's some unfamiliar uh, and fresh application that we can apply today uh, to the word of God, even from a familiar story. Uh, As you turn there, shout out to all of the crew that is here. Uh, It is such a joy. I'm live here. Gabe's announcement, he was live here. You know, there's something so refreshing about being able to walk in and see uh, faces that you haven't seen for so long. And so we have a camera crew here. Shout out to uh, those who are volunteering. Shout out to to Ed, man. He puts the whole thing together week after week after week after week. And so I'm grateful for, for him and got up early this morning about 6.30 and shot him a text message, told him I was praying for him. Uh, and likewise, I am praying for, for everybody that's, that, that's in this building today that is serving. Um, also, just want to give a shout out to uh, the worship team. Uh, man, Chris was going in. Chris was, 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 he almost forgot the cameras were on, which is exactly how worship should be. And I'm grateful for the worship team being able to come in and, and, and pipe worship to you. Uh, speaking of worship team, let me uh, quickly jump to give uh, some love to Josh and Kayla. They just got married yesterday. Uh, shout out to them. I'm so proud of them. Uh, they take their relationship serious. And there has been so many um, relationships that have that have really invested in them from marriages to uh, just they're always gleaning and trying to learn and trying to just remain teachable. So shout out to them. Y'all show some love for them in the chat. I don't know if he's on uh, or, or not. They, they should be somewhere boo loving, but I don't know what they're doing. If y'all would just type in congratulations to Josh and Kayla. We are excited uh, about them. All right, let's get into the word of God. I'm excited. I'm excited about the word today. Um, your boy got one verse today. I, we we ain't we not gonna be long. Well, that's not true. We could be long on one verse. In fact, fourteen words is all I'm preaching today. Um, but there, there's there's a lot in this one verse. If you'll go to Jonah chapter two, Jonah chapter two, we're gonna just do verse one. 
I was going to say, if y'all are there, say amen, but y'all not here. Um, So let me get right into it. It says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of a fish. I want to preach today from the topic entitled, God hears you. God hears you. Before I, before I pray, I, I just want to quickly acknowledge, I know how it feels where sometimes where it feels like you, you're in a room and you pray and if, it almost feels like your, your prayer hits the ceiling and then comes back down. It, it almost feels like your prayer never left the room. I, I, I know that feeling where, where you feel like you're being persistent and, and you are bombarding heaven and you're going after God and, and, and it almost feels like God is giving you the, exi- the silent treatment or where you are pursuing God and it feels like he is ignoring you. He, here's what I want to promise you today that God hears you. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Father, I, I just simply want to pray Luke, 40, Luke 24, for verse 45 over our church, uh, that he opens the mind so that we can understand the scriptures. The same way you did that for the two men on the road to Emmaus, would you do that for everybody that is hearing the word of God today, including myself, open our eyes so that we can understand your word. It's in Christ's name we give all glory. Amen. God hears you. From March this year, it seems like the rhythms of our lives have been knocked off. Our, our, our normal routines have just changed somewhat. Many of us used to go to work, but physically going to work has been replaced with Zoom calls and, and, and conference, virtual conference meetings. Schools, physically going to school now has been replaced with homeschooling. I don't know about y'all, but my oldest son, every time I walk into his classroom, aka his room, when I walk in, he immediately disables the, the, the video uh, because he never knows how dad is going to walk in the room and he just don't want me to be a meme. So he disables it really quickly. So, so many of us have turned our rooms, our, our, our living rooms and our kitchen tables into classrooms. And so that rhythm has changed. Even church. We are now doing church like this, where I am literally preaching to a camera, and I don't know who's on the other end of that camera. I'm used to seeing people and seeing faces, but for some reason, we have now changed the routine. And with all of these changes, you would think that we would have more time to do other stuff with all of these changes, you have lack of commute time now. You, 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 you're not going to gatherings. There are no physical commitments that you have to be at. And so because we've removed so much stuff off of our plate, you would think we would have more time for something simple as prayer. But the reality is I've talked to many of you. I've gotten the emails. I've gotten the text messages. I've had the phone calls. I've had the FaceTimes where you talk to me and you say, you know what? I, I would think that I would have more time to pray, but the reality is I have not because instead of praying, I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor, I've just replaced that time with watching uh, TV series and social media. Did you know that the average adult is on their device, on their phone for three and a half hours a day? And here's the crazy part. That's the conservative number. If you would do me a favor and just do it real quick so you can get right back to the sermon, uh, go to settings real quick, go to screen time, and then just simply look at your daily average. I, I am pretty sure that most of us, our daily average, this week alone, our daily average is over three and a half hours. If you would be so bold to throw that in the chat room, we could spend some time praying for you because reality is many of us are in the double digits when it comes to screen time. 
And what I want to present to you today is what if we took advantage of the opportunities we have to communicate with God? What if we took advantage of those moments to be more consistent with our prayer lives? What if we built into our calendar enough time to pray for God? Let me say it this way. What if we've invested the same amount of time that we do in grinding to prayer? Because here's the reality. There is so much more you can accomplish by praying than you could grinding. What if we took all of the time that is made available to us because of this pandemic and took it and said, God, I now have more time time to spend time talking with you and many of us this pandemic is God's way of trying to get our attention for many of us God has slowed down he's like baby you too busy you doing too much your schedule is too full and I ain't on your schedule and I, I miss you and I just want to talk to you and here's the reality we come to a passage where Jonah's life has been slowed down Jonah is in a quarantine inside of a fish. And God did all of this because he wanted Jonah to get to the point where he relied on him through prayer. And now Jonah finally understands that prayer is essential in order to understand the next steps of his life. And so Jonah's now inside of a fish. But before we dig in, there's a couple of myths of uh, the book of Jonah that I just want to take off. Just a couple. Now, not too many. The first myth that I think we have to take off the table is that the book of Jonah or the story of Jonah is a fictional story that we tell our kids in order to have them to sit still during Sunday school. It is not just a cute story. This is a real event that happened at at a real time, a real specific time in history to a real man by the name of Jonah. This is not a fictional story. Do you know how many people have asked me, Pastor, you, you really going to tell me you believe that a fish swallowed a man but didn't digest him and I'm like yeah you, you, you know the God I serve that the God I'm, I serve is able to move mountains the, the God I serve is able to cause life to grow inside of a woman's womb the God that I serve upholds the universe at the same time that he's upholding my life together yes I believe that God can make a fish a cruise ship for a few days because I know the God I serve has limitless power and so the, the first myth we have to take off the table is that the book of Jonah is a cute fictional story. It is not. It is a real story that really happened and is rooted in a history at a point in time with a prophet by the name of Jonah. The second thing we have to take off the table is that the book of Jonah is simply about a large fish. Many of us have reduced the story of Jonah to simply be about a fish, but here's the crazy thing. Jonah is four chapters long. I count it so you don't have to count. 48 verses. Out of 48 verses, do you know that only two verses talk about a fish? That means 46 verses is talking about something deeper. It is talking about the very character of God and how he is gracious to interrupt a disobedient prophet to put him back on track. He, it, this book is about a man that is, that is uh, disobedient to God, but he is now finding his way back to God. He's now finding his way 
into communication with God. And so those two myths have to be take off the, taken off the table. This is not a fictional story, and it's not simply about a fish. It is about a sovereign God that has complete control over the waves, over the, the, the fish inside of the water, and he's in complete control even over, over his disobedient prophet. I don't know if you know the story. But in Jonah chapter one, a little bit of context, not too much today, but in Jonah chapter one, the Bible says that God comes to his prophet, that the man who is employed by God, he comes to him and says, I need you to go to Nineveh and I need you to, to, to cry out against them. Tell them about their evil. And Jonah's like, nah, that, that's a good plan, but I'm not doing that. I'm going to go down to Joppa and jump on a boat and go the opposite way to Tarshish. And so the Bible says that he gets on this boat and he set sail, and as they set sail, God, the Bible says in, in, in chapter one that God hurls a storm, literally mean. He, he blew in his hand and just threw a storm into the ocean. And the storm was so tempestuous that the sailors tried to, they tried to row harder and they tried to get to the shores, but the more they rowed, the higher and bigger the waves were and the more the wind blew. The Bible says that the captain of the boat, he looked around and said, everybody get up and pray to your God. Whoever your God is, I need you to pray to your God. But the captain found this one guy that he picked up in Joppa. He found him sleeping at the bottom of the boat. The Bible says that he told him to get up and begin to pray. They quickly found out that, it, that the problem was him, that the problem was Jonah. And so the Bible says that they, even in that moment, they tried to keep his life and they tried to roll harder, but they couldn't. So Jonah came up with a good idea. He said, listen, y'all want to get this, these winds to stop? Throw me overboard. They like, all right, let's do that. They threw him overboard. The storm stops, but something else happened. God tells a fish in his sovereign power, he tells a fish to swallow up the prophet. And that is where our context is. In other words, Jonah chapter one shows us that God will send a series of events to get your attention. Jonah chapter two tells us what to do when he finally gets your attention. And here it is. This is what Jonah does. He prays. Let me say it another way. All of chapter two is just a prayer. We only in verse one right now, but I need you to read the rest of it on your time. All of chapter two is finally getting Jonah to pray. Man, I, I know that some, there, this is familiar with somebody out there. Somebody out there feels like you're stuck in a fish right now. You feel like your life has been put on pause. You, you feel like you don't have clarity and direction on next steps. And many of us, that is how we've been feeling since the beginning of this pandemic. I had my vision board laid out. I had plans. I had goals. I had all types of thoughts for this year. But then 2020 hit and I got redirected. God, what is it that you want me to do? And finally, Jonah is now in chapter two where he's finally asking that question. So why don't we get into the passage? so we can see, or let me, let me say it another way. Let's get into the verse so we can see what it is that is going on. The Bible says here in verse one, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Let me lift up the first words. Then Jonah prayed. This actually should read, finally Jonah prayed. <laughs> in other words, this is the first time that Jonah prayed. 
Jonah has had many opportunities in the first chapter to pray. In fact, if you look at the captain of the ship, he begged Jonah, please get up and pray to your God. But you would think Jonah the prophet would pray, but Jonah does not pray. In other words, he says, throw me overboard, kill me, get me out of here. He does not take advantage of the opportunity to communicate with the sovereign God. It is only when he is put in the belly of the fish that he finally utters a prayer to God in the story seems to to suggest to me that God placed him in a position where he had no more options and only only thing he had left to do was to pray and this is the reason why some of us don't pray is because we got too many options let me turn over here and say it the reason why many of us don't pray is because we have too many options and Prayer has become a last resort instead of the priority of what we should do. We exhaust all avenues. We, we, we try to figure it out on ourselves, by ourselves. We try to get the hookup. We try to figure things out. We try to see if we can get the money. And God is in heaven like, baby, why are you not talking to me? Why is prayer a last resort when it should be our first priority? Let me say that again. Why is prayer a last resort? when it should be our first priority. And I'm not preaching to to you guys as though I'm above this, as though I got this on handle. Oftentimes, prayer becomes a last resort, even for me. That there are moments where I try to do other things and God is like, nah, B, I got to put you in a situation where the only option you have left is me because here's what I know about God. God does not like to be one of the options. God wants to be the only option. Can, can y'all do me a favor and just type that in? I know I say that all the time, and I actually, we, we now have a screen that I can actually see your comments. Would you type that in for me? That God does not want to be one of the options. God wants to be the only option. If not, he wants to be the priority, the first option. God is like, why are you exhausting all of these avenues? Why are you trying to row? Why are you trying to get, just throw yourself into the sea? Why are you not being dependent on me? Because that's all prayer is, is full dependency on God. And I don't know who it is that this pandemic has knocked away some of your options. Could it be that God is trying to pull away all of the stuff that you thought you were holding on to, that you thought was sustaining you? God had to pull that stuff away and say, now, I got you in a place where all you have is me. You got time. I got time. We certainly can spend more time talking to God. So consider with me that God may have placed us in that ordeal or that situation in order to teach us how to pray because it wasn't until Jonah was finally at a standstill in a quarantine and a fish that he finally figured out that prayer was the key. Let's be honest. Some of us, the most consistent times of prayer in our life is when God stripped everything else away. When, 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 the, when your boo thing left you, when, when you got fired from the job, when your friends failed you, those are the moments that we finally got to God. And I wonder if it is God's grace that he pulls stuff that is a distraction to us out of our way. I know I'm preaching to somebody. He pulls stuff that is a distraction out of our way in order to get our attention. He got the prophet's attention. God knows how to make us pray. God knows how to teach us how to pray. And I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. All of us need to revisit prayer 101. 
All of us need to get back into that place where we are being taught consistently at consistency in prayer because the reality is there is not a Christian alive that is consistent with prayer continuously. All of us have to go back to that, that moment of learning. You, you know what's so interesting? What's so interesting is when you look at the disciples, the Bible says in Luke chapter 11 that the disciples walked with Jesus day in and day out. And they still had the audacity to ask the question, Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Well, what are we supposed to do? Now, these are the disciples that have walked with Jesus day in, day out. Peter, you don't know how to pray. James, Bartholomew, Nathaniel, none of you know how to pray and y'all walk with Jesus. This suggests to me that I don't care how spiritual you are and how long you walk with Jesus. There are moments where God has to put us in situations to where he becomes the professor over prayer and teaches us how to pray. He says, Jonah, this is what you got to do. You got to get into that fish. Because it is in the fish that you will now develop your prayer life. I have to teach you how to communicate with me. I got to teach you how to talk to me. I got to teach you how to depend on me. I got to teach you where your help comes from. And you should be praising God that God pulls away all of the things out of our life in order to teach us how to pray. And so the prophet here in verse one, the Bible says that then Jonah prayed. You know what's more interesting than Jonah finally praying? is the words that is used surrounded around his prayer. In verse one, it says, this was comical to me. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. I don't know if y'all see this, his God. This is disobedient Jonah. That this is the Jonah that is on the run. In spite of Jonah's sinful rebellion, in spite of Jonah being disobedient to God, he still is calling God his God. I don't know if Jonah wrote this book. It actually seems to be written in the third person. So it seems like somebody else wrote the book about Jonah, but it really doesn't matter. Here's what I can tell from verse one, that even though Jonah messed up, watch this, that's still his God. Because what happens is many people opt out of praying because they made a failure, because they've messed up, because they did a wrong turn, because they were disobedient to God. And so instead of praying to God, I am ashamed of how I've been treating God. And so therefore, I just won't communicate with him at all. But the Bible just says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, despite the fact that Jonah is disobedient. Disobedience does not disqualify you from speaking to God. Disobedience does not qualify you from communicating with your God. Disobedience does not disqualify you from prayer. So I don't know who I'm talking to, but despite the fact that you've messed up, all 2020, you might've messed up. God is sitting in heaven like, oh, you think that disqualified you? No, 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 no. You still can come to me. This is how gracious a a God that we serve is that you can come to God even when you messed up. In fact, I'd say it another way. You should come to God when you mess up. If you could only come to God when you got all things together, that's very few moments because the reality is all of us live in this life where we sometimes go left. This is rebellious Jonah, disobedient Jonah. I'm going the wrong way, hard-hearted Jonah. I'm going to defy the living God. That Jonah still had time to pray. This is the Jonah that should be dead. When he hit the water, he should have drowned. But God is gracious enough to prepare a fish to give him another chance to finally pray. Jonah is the least likely candidate to pray. And let me go deeper. He definitely shouldn't get an answer back. 
Jonah's allowed to pray, but here's what's crazy. Verse one, he prays. Verse 10, he, he gets the answer back. It says, and the Lord spoke to the fish. This is verse 10. And it vomited Jonah up on dry land. Package in between verse one and 10 is the content of his prayer. But what is so dope is disobedient Jonah still had a chance to pray and still is able to get a response back. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but, but that person out there that you feel guilt. Don't, don't, don't log off. I'm, I'm talking to you. That, that person that feels shame and you feel dirty. You, you feel like I can't talk to the Lord. He, he knows what I did last night. He, I'm so unworthy. I've messed up. No, no, no. You're, listen, he wants to talk to you. Why? Because his love is unconditional. His love has no strings attached. His love doesn't come with a contract. Aren't, we, aren't you grateful that God's love for you doesn't come with a contract? Can you imagine if God said, in order for me to love you, you got to get all of this right. He, he wouldn't love any of us. But the reality is God comes to us and pursues us even when we've messed up. Jonah has messed up. He shouldn't have made it out of chapter one. But you get to chapter two and he's now allowed to pray and he gets the answer back and he says things like, this is my God. God's love is everlasting. His love is infinite. It's impartial. It's perfect. It's unconditional. I don't know who you are, but somebody on here feels like you really can't talk to the Lord because you've messed up. But the reality is there are no stipulations to his love. He, he, he loves you in spite of. Now, he doesn't want you to stay there, but he pursues us even when we mess up. Listen, I love my boys, but there are times, if you think I love them because they're perfect, you're, you're wrong. There are times that they are disobedient. There are times that they are rebellious. There are times that they are disrespectful, especially that old one. I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. I hope he doesn't see this, uh, especially that older one. Uh, there are times where, where, where my kids will be rebellious and push against something that I'm telling them to do. And, and what, if you think that I only love them when they are obedient, you got it wrong. That ain't love. That's conditional love. I correct them and I want them to do right. But the reality is my love for them is unconditional and in a deeper way, in a much higher way. This is God's love for us. And God loves you more than I love my sons. And that's saying a lot. God loves you in spite of what you've done. Don't stay there. Don't get stuck there. But the reality is you serve a God that doesn't love you with strings attached you serve a God that doesn't give you the silent treatment when you do wrong. Every married person that's piped on right now, you, you know what I'm talking about. Your wife or your husband ever do anything that was offensive to you, disrespectful to you, and you ain't talked to them for three days. You, 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 if y'all slept in the same bed, y'all was like on the edge of the bed, like don't touch me. Like God doesn't do that with us. God doesn't see us in our mess and say, I ain't fooling up with them. They disrespecting me. They disobedient. The reality is we are often disrespectful to God. We are often disobedient. We often ignore God and God is always sitting on his throne going, I'm just waiting for you to come back. I'm just here waiting for you. And so disobedient prophet is now able to talk to God. The Bible says, then finally that Job prays. Who does he pray to? He prays to the Lord, his God. Here's the question. Where's the location? He prays, according to verse one, in the belly of a fish. No doubt this is the 
only prayer ever recorded in, by, in the scriptures or even outside of scripture. This is the only prayer ever recorded inside of a fish. Now, I'm not saying people ain't get eaten by sharks before. I've seen open water. I'm not, I've seen deep blues. I, I, I'm, I'm sure people have gotten eaten by a fish and prayed, but this is the only prayer that's ever recorded in scripture inside of a fish. No minor prophet has ever gotten in a fish and prayed. No major prophet has ever gotten in a fish and prayed. And this suggests to me that your location for prayer doesn't matter. And here's why that's important because many of you have been on lockdown and some of you have not been out of your house and you think that God only hears you when you come here. If you were here on Sunday morning, then God hears you but the reality is he hears you in your living room the reality is he hears you in your bed he hears you when you're in midtown he hears you when you're on atlantic avenue he hears you when you're walking down the street if he's able to hear the prophet from the belly of a well he certainly can hear you no matter where you are you do not have to physically be here to get through to god you don't have to go to jerusalem in order to get through to god jesus christ is your all-access pass into God the Father. Can I say that again? Because I really want you to type it. Jesus Christ is your all-access pass to God the Father. Your prayers are not hindered based on location. Just like Jonah prayed from a fish, you can pray from wherever you are. Just like Daniel prayed from a lion's den, you can pray from wherever you are. Just like David prayed from a cave, you can pray from, from wherever you are. Just like Peter prayed on a rooftop, you can pray wherever you are. Just like Paul and Silas prayed while they were in a jail cell, you can pray wherever you are. Location doesn't matter. And the only reason location does, doesn't matter is because the cross actually worked. Can you believe that? That the cross has now has broken down the divided wall between you, a sinful man, and a holy God. It is the cross that acted as a sledgehammer that caused you to be able to have constant communication with God. You can lift up a prayer wherever you are. You can you can go. You don't. I mean, you you don't have to drop to your knees, but you can literally be walking down the street and get a prayer to God. You don't need an appointment. You don't got to get on his waiting list. You don't got to get on his booked calendar. You can just simply offer up a prayer. Do you know how dope that is? No, no, no. Real, real talk. Think about that. Think about kings, ancient kings. You couldn't just walk into their presence. You had to be summoned into their presence. And even when you were summoned into their pre presence, you better have a, a, a carefully prepared response to the king. If you want to entertain me, y'all remember, remember the time? Y'all remember that, 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 uh, that video with Michael Jackson and, and, and you saw Eddie Murphy was Pharaoh and he was sitting on the throne and Michael Jackson tried to come in there and all these people were coming down and he was just going like this. You can't just come into the presence of a king any old way, but God is, he gives you all access pass and he says stuff in Hebrews like, come boldly before the throne of grace. Don't come tiptoeing. Don't come nervous. Don't come scared. It doesn't matter where you are. You have full access to the king, I don't know who you are, man, but you need to step your prayer game up. The old saints would say, you can call him collect, he'll accept. Doesn't matter where you are, Jesus made it available for you. This pandemic has shut many of us down and, and it stopped many of us from spiritually growing. 
It, it stopped many of us from, 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 from praying. Uh, we, we've replaced it with just grinding and trying to figure out. And many of you, this sermon in and of itself is a breath of fresh air for you because I'm telling you, your grinding is nothing if you don't have prayer. In fact, I don't trust your grind unless you're praying. Your, your grind means nothing to me unless, you've, unless you are committing that thing to prayer. You're not serious about it. You're not dedicated to it. Pray as much as you grind. Now, I'm not saying don't grind. Please grind. But make sure that you are praying just as much as you grind. So the Bible says that the, the prophet is thrown into the water and God prepared a fish to, to, to swallow him up. But God is so dope that he told the digestive system, stop working for a while. Let the, let the, let the prophet get time to pray to me. This is how sovereign God is. Like, like, seriously, we're about to do a, a sermon series on the sovereignty of God. We're going to break that down because that, that's a deep theological thought. But as we prepare for November 3rd, which is election day, everybody get registered to vote. As we prepare, I, I really want to, for the next month, we're just going to talk about how sovereign God is, meaning I don't care who's in office. My God is actually in office. That, that's, and nobody, no, but there's no Congress that can, that can impeach him. So it doesn't matter who, he is that sovereign. Look at the, the story. Like how you command the storm to just go and then stop? How, how do you command a fish to swallow up a prophet? How do you command the fish to vomit up the prophet? How do you tell the digestive system to stop working, but yet have the fish still be alive? How does all this happen? Because it's all controlled by a God. And here's what's so dope. God did all that just to, just to talk to Jonah. The, the, the events of your life, this pandemic isn't a surprise to God. There are no surprises in heaven. God is sitting in heaven going, I, I got to call something to make them stop, to make them actually remember me, to make them realize that their help comes from me. And so the Bible says here, in fact, if you look at verse three, I, I don't have time to preach it, but if you look at verse three, Jonah says something in interesting. It says, for you, cast me into the deep which is dope because if you go back to chapter one, verse 15, it's actually the sailors that threw him in. But God is so sovereign that he used the working of human beings to accomplish his sovereign will. And Jonah understands that even though the sailors physically threw him in, it is a sovereign God that is controlling the events of his life to get him to pray. In fact, he says stuff like your winds your billows. Did you read that in verse number three? For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All of your waves and your billows passed me over. This is a sovereign God that you are allowed to pray to. Listen, prayer is a privilege. It's a, it's an honor. It is not. A, many of us approach prayer as though it's a nuisance. We approach prayer as though it's something that God is trying to, he's trying to rob you of time. It is a privilege that you get to pray to the almighty God, to the creator of the universe. Like if y'all got a, if, if we got a, not just y'all, if, if we got an invite to a notable person, so somebody that you just, you admire and you look up to and you, you love that person. If you got an invite to their birthday party, you would be overjoyed. But why is it that you got to constant invite to come before the throne of God, but you and I approach that moment in ways that we wouldn't approach a moment of being with an a, 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 a admired person. Why is it that we treat prayer like that? God is like, look, I miss you. I want to talk to you. I love you. Please talk to me. And so he'll put us in position. And many of us, this pandemic has been that. 
That loss of job is God trying to get your attention. That loss of relationship is God trying to get your attention. And he'll go far to get your attention. And it's nothing but the grace of God. Who is it that I'm talking to? I'm ending here. Who is it that I'm talking to that over the last few months, you've lacked a consistency in prayer? And most of it's because you just feel like, you know, everything else is more tangible, right? Like I can, I can physically go to the, go to the office and, and fill out my paperwork in order to get unemployment. And so that's, that's tangible. But why is it with prayer? I think it's because it's not as tangible. You don't get immediate results. Sometimes you don't. But even that's God's grace. Because God is so wise and so all-knowing. He doesn't know tomorrow. He's in tomorrow. And so therefore, he's like, ah, that'll mess you up. So I can't give that to you even though you prayed for it. And so oftentimes, we feel like prayer is a waste of time because God doesn't hear us. Like I said in the top, you feel like it hit the ceiling and came back down, but it didn't. God hears everything, but he only answers what according to his will. He only answers what he knows is good for you. And this is the kind of God we serve I don't know who I'm talking to, but you, you really need to up your prayer life. You, you need to get on. And some of us, in order to up our prayer life, you know what it really is going to take? It's going to take self-control, which the Holy Spirit gives us, Galatians chapter 5. But it's also going to take just the amount of discipline. And here's the crazy thing. We have discipline in so many other areas of life. You, you got discipline with work and you're an entrepreneur and you're, you, you've got discipline in so many other areas. We need discipline and some of us just need structure. I know me. I got to put it on my calendar. I got to put a reminder on my phone because I'll go through my day and I'll get busy. And some of us, it's that simple. Some of us, is, I told you all about journaling a couple weeks ago. Some of us just being consistent with a journal. Write out your prayers. If you feel like getting on your knees is just too much, God, God can read. <laughs> write out your prayers to God and, and give your heart over to God. But I simply want to just in my time and just tell you that God misses you and he wants to hear from you. And he'll go so far as he'll direct events in your life like he does Jonah to get you to a position to pray. I encourage you to read the rest of the story. Yes, the, the, the fish does spit up Jonah on dry land, which is dope. He actually spits him up closer toward where he's supposed to be. Remember, he's going the opposite way. God takes that cruise ship called the fish and brings him back to where he needs to be, God's grace, and spits him back up. And when he gets on dry land, he finally is obedient. He goes and he preaches to Nineveh the shortest sermon in all of scripture, eight words, and the whole city is repenting because Jonah finally got on track. Jonah only got on track because he prayed to the Lord and he figured out next steps. Let's pray. Father, I know you're trying to get our attention I'm convinced of it. I'm, I'm sold on it. That many of us have felt like the last few months have just been us in the waves and the wind and it feels like you're beating everything against us and we can't figure nothing and everything feels like it's going wrong but God, that's you trying to get our attention. And so Father, I pray, oh God, that we would yield to your spirit, that we would hear from you, that this week somebody would recommit their life to prayer. They would recommit their time to prayer. And for the person that's never prayed, Father, would, would you help them to start simple? Help them to start here where the disciples start. Lord, teach us how to pray. So Father, I pray. I pray for more accountability around prayer. 
pray that we would call up our homegirl and say, listen, I'm trying to be consistent. I'm trying to have more prayer time than screen time. Would you help me? We would call up our boys and be like, look, every Monday at this time, we're going to pray. People would come up to us and tell us their hardships that we would stop and we would bombard heaven at that moment and pray, Father, would you show us how to be consistent? And we thank you for your grace of being in the, in the well because we could be in the sea drowning, but you know how to put us in a position, strip all options so that prayer becomes priority. We thank you, Lord, for your grace towards us. Continue to be with us as we, as a fickle person, try to get through life. Would you be with us? It's in Christ's name I give glory. Amen. Well, it's good hanging out with y'all, man. I'm so serious about about your prayer life. I pray that you would really dedicate yourself to prayer. God God really does want to hear from you. He, He really does miss you. And he really does direct the events of our life in order to put us in position to pray. Why don't you receive this doxology? It's given to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It says, now unto him who was able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now, and forevermore. Amen. Good to see you guys. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. Grace and peace.